is insane. Insane. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Crime News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is January 15th, 2020. This is episode 287. And today, Billy Gates of Hell will not prevail. That's right. And uh, I'm your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to the podcast where we praise Jesus while reporting the egregious with a well-rounded, biblically-grounded take on world events. And we are here on a Friday. Happy podcasting to you, hopefully not too laggy. No, so far so good, I think. And, um, oh no, I'm lagging a little bit, but that's okay. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, it's Friday, and it's strangely fairly quiet uh news wise since uh wednesday's show not nothing going on but compared to what we had to sort of uh adjust to uh since january 6th and arguably since the election um pretty quiet overall which i guess is mm. kind of a kind of nice it could take a little bit of a breather maybe um, quiet as in there's been no uh you know overtaking of government buildings or uh obvious uh i don't know explosions of propaganda yeah although i'm getting messages from my military buddy mm-hmm. that uh he basically has been told that they could be moving into different states and to prepare for the 20th. And so uh-huh. there's a lot of prep happening for the uh, inauguration. Uh, yeah. Which is, is that strange. in response to the, the fake uh, protests that are going to be going on? That's what I'm saying. It's a lot of manpower. There were like pictures of soldiers <laughs> scattered across the floor sleeping. Yeah. Uh, to Saw protect. some tanks. Some yeah. tanks on some train tracks. I mean, I don't know what they plan to do, but it just seems like it's a big setup for a huge false flag is, is the feeling I get. Mm-hmm. And it's either going to be nothing or the biggest false flag in American history. Yeah, which at this point, <laughs> it could easily be either. I know. <laughs> There's been That's what false I'm flags when we weren't expecting them coming out of nowhere, and then that we can all be expecting the biggest event ever, and then nothing happens. That's just kind of how 2021's been so far. Yeah. Uh, so, well, that's why we're here, Gons, to keep everybody, uh, keep everybody posted. Yeah, before we get into the episode, just want to remind everybody. Like, subscribe, bell button, all. Like, subscribe, bell button, all. Just uh, lift that from Ivan on Tech over there because it just summarizes it so well and it gets stuck in your head. That's right. Like, subscribe, bell button, all. Okay. On YouTube, um, anyway. But, if you're not on YouTube, yes. then do all that stuff too, to sure. whatever platform you're on. Uh, and yeah. also leave reviews. Are you doing reviews today or reading uh, reviews? Yes, we had a wonderful one. I can't wait to read. Cool. Um, but yes, thank you. If you could please do that on YouTube. I know, you know people, uh, whenever we say that, people are like, oh, you're just going to bow down to the algorithms. Eh, yeah, I mean, it's the only way to get <laughs> yeah. people to. 
It's the only way to get people to hear the show. So I don't know. It's a, it's a inconsequential uh, thing to ask people to do. So thank you very much. Um, okay. You want to get into it here? Yeah, let's do it. Whee. Sleepy update. Do you want fries with that? Okay. We're going to start out with, uh, oh, just a, don't worry, simple Easy to understand, not terrifying at all. Flippy update. And if you're new to the show, don't worry. Flippy is the colloquial name we have for the disembodied robot arms that are taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. We use talking about Flippy as a way to uh, explore how robots and AI are taking over the world, and there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, This story is coming from MSN.com. And uh, originally from CNET, and it says here, robot shows empathy towards another robot in new study. It's kind of long and complicated, but we'll just get started and, and see how it goes. Robots can climb rough terrain, help humans maintain social distance protocols, and even dance like nobody's watching. Now researchers have discovered they might show glimmers of empathy. Ooh, a new study from Columbia Engineering published Monday in Nature Scientific Reports shows how one robot has learned to predict its partner robot's future actions based on just a few video frames. Quote, our findings begin to demonstrate how robots can see the world from another robot's perspective, lead study author Boyuan Shen said in a statement. Boyuan Uh, The researchers placed one robot in a playpen, roughly three by two feet in size. The researchers programmed the robot to find and move toward any green circle in its view. Sometimes the robot would see a green circle in its camera view and move directly toward it. Other times the green circle would be blocked uh, from view by a tall red box. So the robot would move toward a different green circle or not move at all. Oh, there's a cat on my head. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, he's getting daring. Oh, yeah. By the way, I have an announcement. This is uh, Monty the Fourth. All right. Has just joined the family oh, here. Yeah. Wow. What a, what a special way to, uh, to meet the public here at Monty the Fourth. <laughs> okay. Back to the robots. Uh-oh. He's on the keyboard. Uh-oh. Chaos. Okay. After observing the other robot move around for two hours... <laughs> I'm sorry, now the cat's tail is in the way. Move. Mooning the camera. Yes, sorry everybody. After observing the other robot move around for two hours, the observing robot could anticipate the other robot's path. The observing robot was eventually able to predict the other robot's path 98 out of 100 times in varying conditions. Quote, the ability of the observer to put itself in its partner's shoes, so to speak, and understand without being guided whether its partner could or could not see the green circle from its vantage point is perhaps a primitive form of empathy, Shen said. And uh, I got to say, Gans, I do agree with one thing. That might be the most primitive form of empathy I have ever heard of. Uh, And the, the article goes on and it's just kind of technical, uninteresting stuff. But uh, there you go. So watch out, folks. Treat your robots well and they will treat you well. 
Um, I think this is a little bit of a leap, but if indeed the robots are, uh, you know, gaining robotic feelings and empathy towards other robots, uh, not only do you got to treat your robots well, you got to treat your robots well in front of other robots. You can't let other, other robots see you be mean to Siri. Yeah, seems like nobody in the chat cares about the Flippy story. They care more about... Monty the Fourth. He yes, Monty stole. the Fourth. He made a he made quite the entrance yeah, there. Stole the show. But we should all. None of us should care about the Flippy update and only care about cats. So <laughs> I agree. Uh, but also, this little diagram here on the the story has the observer, the actor, the obstacle, and then the food. The food. These like it said green circles, or you know, in the story. But they look like little coronaviruses, don't they? They look like little <laughs> spiky protein. Yeah. Oh, they're get, they're. It's part of the brainwashing. It's yeah. They want Flippy to go after the the Ronas <laughs> there. Oh well, okay. Thanks, Flippy. So there you go. That's your uh, Flippy update for the day. We take every chance we can to stay up to date with the robots' plans to take over the world. And some people think it's trivial, but uh, I'll be the one laughing when they take over. Holy. It's Latin for many. Tick. Now suck your blood. Politics. Your blood. Ooh, politics. That's the perfect jingle for the politics section. Yes, poly many ticks suck your blood. Yep, poly ticks. Uh, this is breaking911.com. BLM activist arrested for siege on U.S. Capitol. And uh, this was making its rounds. Very interesting that uh, Toole County Sheriff's Office number 106616. Very fascinating. Because Ooh. not only does it have like the three sixes in there, it also has the 616, which some translations of Revelation 13, uh, you know, is translated instead of three sixes, it's translated 616. So, yeah, something to keep in I mind there. I have heard that, yeah. Washington, D.C., Utah man was charged today in federal court in the District of Columbia in connection to the riots at the U.S. Capitol on Wednesday, January 6th, 2021. John Earl Sullivan a Black Lives Matter activist and anti-Trumper was charged by complaint with one count of knowingly entering or remaining in any restricted building or grounds with lawful authority or without lawful authority, one count of violent entry and disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds, and one count of interfering with law enforcement engaged in lawful uh, performance of their official duties incident to and during the commission of civil disorder. He was arrested today in Utah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. People were calling this out beforehand, but I mean, it's just, I guess, confirmation of the idea that the people that stormed the Capitol were not necessarily your mainline Trump supporter. Yeah. And he wasn't the only one. There's a couple others that were arrested too. That uh, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, breakdowns of a lot of those main guys that show up in a lot of the videos, which is interesting because uh, yeah, of course, if you're going there to incite things, which means things will be starting around you, you're going to have a lot of camera attention, whether planned or unplanned, and your face is going to show up. I saw this one uh, where they're they're trying to connect this guy with a, a known. Um, he attended Black Lives Matter protests, whether he's 
BLM or Antifa proper or just some, uh, you know, ideological guy showing up. Um, You're talking about a different guy, not this guy that we're talking different about. Different guy. Here. The guy different with the beard? Guy, but uh, The guy with the beard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting because once a, uh, I think it was a live streaming person came up there inside the Capitol building and they're like, oh, hey, what's going on? Tell me the narrative. What's going on? And he says, he basically shifts him off, realizing there's a camera in his face and uh, says, well, go find out for yourself and puts on his gas mask real quick. Um, which like, dude, you're I on think, so many cameras. Why are you? <laughs> <laughs> I think the same guy was recorded outside telling a, a, a media personnel, do you want yeah, the story same. of your life mm -hmm. and gra exactly. you know, grabbing him, bringing him towards the chaos? So, yeah, I mean, you know, the thesis is that these were Asian provocateurs and the evidence seems to suggest that even at low levels, it doesn't have to be this grand conspiracy. It could right. just be a whole bunch of, Trump haters that are like, oh, we're going to make the Trumpers look bad. And, you know, yeah. so well, and that's part of the disinfo. And, and we might need to just review at least uh, the upper the operative words disinfo and misinfo that we use on this show. Misinfo is more like uh, incorrect information. Right. Disinfo is purposefully Deliberate. planted information. Yes. So, and that's an interesting to watch uh, on the news or uh, different outlets there. They'll talk about misinfo and disinfo. And a lot of people don't really think about the difference between those two things. Um, so in this case, he seemed like a disinfo agent and part of the disinfo uh when it comes to oh antifa or oh even with white supremacists you know they're talked about in the mainstream media as if they were some sort of organized uh illuminati type centralized con controlled group when in reality it's more ideologically driven where there's an ideology behind everything, but there's not like centralized leadership. And that's why, for instance, Antifa is more of a, a broad, it's kind of like saying anonymous, you know, right. anonymous isn't an actual institution or a, uh, you know, it's a loosely based decentralized group bound by ideology. So yes, if you say Antifa came and did this thing, um, it might give people the, the impression that there's like some secret uh, group, highly skilled, blah, 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 with very uh, powerful leadership called Antifa. When in reality, it could be somebody with uh, Antifa like ideology, but is just sort of a, either part of a smaller group or just some guy who had nothing better to do on a Tuesday and wanted to cause some trouble. Um, now that might be sort of unimportant, uh, you know, on a practical level, but for us, or at least for myself, you know, when we're talking about Antifa or we're talking about uh, anonymous or we're talking about different things like that, it's more of a, an ideologically driven individual or, 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 you know, to put it in spiritual terms, you know, they're, they're acting under a principality or something mm. like that. Um, so, you know, you'll have a hard time going and finding Antifa LLC, but uh, sure. it lives on in a decentralized form. So you're saying this is a decentralized evil spirit? Demonic power!
Oh, you know, to put it in so many words, possibly yes. And then at the government level, psyops. Woo! Yeah. Oh, same and same with QAnon. Yeah, and we'll get to QAnon I, I would put in a moment. QAnon yeah. in that same thing. There's no like centralized QAnon uh, command center, but it's an ideology that spreads and. Well, some uh, people would argue with uh, you on that point. Well, they would argue with the Antifa thing too. I know, but that's just. Uh, my view and i think it's a pretty good one yeah i think it explains a lot of the inconsistencies that tend to uh mix up uh you know current events sure yeah so um i wanted to bring this story as well which was uh this was actually time magazine time.com and they posted this article uh that was titled White American Christianity needs to be honest about its history of white supremacy. Written by Carrie Wallace. I'm not going to actually read the article because you kind of get the idea of what they're trying to do here. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I actually responded with a couple screenshots here from a book that uh, is very, it's been very fascinating to go through this book. It's called Two Masters and Two Gospels, The Teaching of Jesus versus the leaven of the Pharisees in talk radio and cable news written by our friend, Dr. Future, Mike Bennett. Mm, hey, and, uh, Dr. Future. And uh, I actually, I just responded that in, cause you know, it goes after the white supremacist Christian history of America and all this. Um, but it's interesting because Dr. Future in his book uh, says this quote, if I get my little thing open here. Uh, regarding the use of psychological warfare on civilians by the government with the use of religion in 1951, Truman set up the Psychological Strategy Board, PSB, comprising the CIA, Department of State and Defense, and others, and studied, quote, the potential role of religion in psychological warfare. Their first report stated that, quote, the potential potentialities of religion as an instrument for combating communism are universally tremendous. Religion is an established force with calls forth men's strongest emotions. Uh, our overall objective in seeking to use, uh, seeking the use of religion as a cold war instrumentality should be the furtherance of world spiritual health. So again, we've mentioned this before, but just wanted to show the documentation here uh, of the deliberate weaponization of white Christians in America, which was mm -hmm. instigated in 1951 with the psychological strategy board. Uh, but not only that, this is time magazine, right? Time magazine doing this. <laughs> There's a, in a couple paragraphs later in the book, it says this quote, a similar organization called the crusade for freedom was founded in 1950 involving us senators, publishers like time founder, Henry Lucy, so here we have Time Magazine calling out white American Christianity needs to be honest with the white supremacy. But then in Dr. Future's book, it calls out that there are organizations weaponized, part of the weaponization of white America, white Christians uh, with Time, the founder of Time being part of that propaganda machinery. So yeah, just calling out the, calling them out on the floor. Of course, nobody cares. Because, you know, it's just like information that doesn't get people, uh, I don't know, social points or whatever. But uh, just very interesting when you start looking at the history. Uh, I know people are get really riled up in the evangelical stuff. 
And, uh, you know, even if you're objectively looking at the spiritual kind of uh, religious uh, persona of the Trump presidency, a lot of the people that uh, were by President Trump's side were dominionists. You know, like people that you're kind of a little iffy on their theology, but they're up there, they're invoking God and, and all this. So it's just very interesting and very important, I think, to keep in mind that most of politicized anything is a psyop, uh, right. including, obviously, Time Magazine here trying to blame white American Christianity for white supremacy. It just continues on and on and on. This has been ongoing, but now they have uh, a great... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, I don't know. A pedestal, a soapbox to stand on with what happened on January 6th with the, with the raiding of the Capitol building and all this kind of stuff. And I feel like th- this type of article is also setting up for that false flag on Inauguration Day across the country. Right. right. Every all 50 states beware. Yeah. And so. it's interesting to see a history repeating itself like that. Yeah. We've, we've gone over the. Uh, incremental and uh, meticulous transference of American evangelicals from uh, sort of a disperse, a politically dispersed group into a single uh, political power, um, not by people that Christians would have liked to be around, you know, sort of uh, uh, grouped up by, but uh, it's continuing and probably going to continue for a while, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the PSYOP continues here. This is, we put this under politics because it's all, it's all political. Cue the miserable, cue the desperate. What must I do to convince you people? There he is. There he is. This is, uh, I don't know what this, SwissPolicyResearch.org? Yeah. And uh, the headline is, Q Anon may have been an FBI PSYOP. Ooh, no kidding. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and, um, okay. It's kind of, well, it's not too long, so I'll read it. It yeah. says here, the QAnon phenomenon has generally been regarded as a hoax or a prank originated by online message boards, uh, boards, bo- I'm sorry, originated by online message board users in late October, 2017 that got out of control. The QAnon persona was preceded by similar personae, including FBI Anon, CIA Anon, and White House Insider Anon. Have you heard of any of those, by the way? No, I have not heard of any of those. I mean, it would have been, that. that's a way we could have gotten, you know, we've been on the map, you know? We're CIA Anon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I followed that link there, and it takes us to an NBCnews.com uh, article that looks like it wants to break down those three you just mentioned. How three conspiracy theorists took Q and sparked QAnon. Hmm. I don't mm. know. That's yeah. for another show. QAnon originally called himself Q Clearance Patriot, former CIA counterintelligence operative Kevin M. Ship, who's been very anti-Q, uh, and it, it, he kind of flipped too. It's been kind of interesting to watch. Uh, because yeah, he is former CIA, you know, we've mentioned him on the show before, explained that an actual Q clearance leaker, i.e. someone possessing the highest security clearance at the U.S. Department of Energy, required to access top security nuclear weapons information, would have been identified and removed within days. <laughs> <laughs> Unless yeah, it was right. part of the operation, Kevin M. Ship. Uh, <laughs> however, in November 2020, Reuters reported that the very first social media account to promote the QAnon persona were allegedly linked to Russia. 
and even backed by Russian government. <laughs> okay. For instance, the very first Twitter account to ever use the term QAnon on social media had previously, quote, retweeted obscure Russian officials, according to <laughs> So Reuters. that means they must be Russian. Great well, reporting, Reuters. <laughs> The alleged Russian social media accounts posing as accounts of American patriots were in contact with politically conservatives, uh, uh, politically conservative U.S. YouTubers and drew their attention to the QAnon persona. This is how, in early November 2017, the QAnon movement took off. But given the recent revelations by British investigator David J. Blake, who for the first time was able to conclusively show at the technical level that the Russian hacking operation was a cyber psyop run by the FBI, and mm-hmm. FBI cybersecurity contractor CrowdStrike, the Reuters report may in fact indicate that QAnon was neither a, ho- a hoax nor Russian, but another FBI psychological cyber operation. No kidding. Of note, U.S. cyber intelligence firm New Knowledge, founded by former uh, NSA and DARPA employees and tasked by the U.S. Senate Intelligence Committee in 2018 with investigating alleged, quote, Russian social media operations, Relating to the 2016 U.S. presidential elections was itself caught faking a Russian social media botnet in order to influence the 2017 Alabama Senate race. In the QAnon persona, similar to the Guccifer 2.0 Russian hacker persona played by an FBI cybersecurity contractor was indeed an FBI psychological operation. Its goal may have been to take control of, discredit, and ultimately derail the supporter base of U.S. President Trump. In this case, the QAnon movement may have been a modern version of the original FBI Cointel Pro <laughs> program. When was this written? This month? Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad people are starting to catch up. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, that's what I'm saying. Great. Yeah. yeah the, the, it's been kind of a. That's a, the fact that it was FBI, the specifics, maybe not, but by the time, because, you know, the first, I, I don't know, two weeks, three weeks, I was like, oh, this is interesting. And then by the time it was like about a month in 2017, I'm talking like November, December, 2017. I was like, yeah, no, this is like, this is totally disinformation. Like like you can tell just by the way that they post things and what they're saying. And yeah, and the, the, the claims got more and more extravagant and it was like, okay. and the way that the, the way that it, the ideology of Q split up to fit into different uh, belief systems. Right. You know, you had the Christian Q, you had the new age Q, you had the, the lefty Q, you had the right Q, you know, they just kind of uh, made little tiny shifts to wherever they needed to uh, take hold on the internet and is very effective. That That's the interesting thing about Q. And if indeed it was a FBI psyop, or a psyop by whomever uh, is very interesting for research purposes just to see how well and how long it would take to go from, you know, intermittent cryptic posts on 4chan to storming the Capitol. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, that that and or at least perceived storming the Capitol. I'm. Part of the reason why I wanted to bring this up as well is because I think the operation has moved on to different sources or different personas out Uh there to, to distribute the disinfo. And part of the, part of how this works is not that you just, these guys just tell just outright lies, but they tell part truths 
you know, because you need to gain the credibility of the public, the, the vulnerable public. And so if, if there are people that, for example, say that, oh, there's going to be blackouts in UK, which by the way, I think they're, I think there was some blackouts. I, I'm not haven't confirmed yet, but yeah, I, we need to get the actual data on these blackouts, though, because that's what I'm there saying. Are, there's blackouts everywhere all the time. That, that's what like, I'm saying. Power just goes out. That, we need to know. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying. So, yeah, yeah the, by having something like it take place after a prediction or a, oh, my source told me they gain credibility for the vulnerable. And then everything that they say after that is believed. When in reality, that's it's almost like, you know, luring them in. It's it's exactly like a, a mouse trap or a, any kind of trap. You know, it's like, oh, there's food there. Oh, oh, it's tasty looking. It smells wonderful. But it's that one percent of poison that's going to get you. You know, so it's right. Just got to be diligent and vigilant, and uh, you know, not get sucked in too much to this type of thing. And and I get it. It if there is a silver lining, it's that a lot of people started realizing that there's a lot of nefarious things that happen at the highest places of our government and our leadership and all that, which again, people have been exposing that for decades. It doesn't take cue to figure that stuff out. There's books that have been written, uh, movies that have been made. I mean, there's all kinds of information out there, uh, which I, I think uh, a lot of researchers in the realm of truth were really kind of annoyed by Q because <laughs> all these people were like, Oh, Q woke me up and all this stuff. And there's people that have written, spent their lifetimes writing books and they're like, Oh yeah, I just wasted three decades of my life to write this book, uh, exposing things. And then, you know, Q gets the credit, you know? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, yeah, just keep in mind that stuff like this has been out there. Uh, in terms of the information of the reality of the situation, but the implications is where I think they can mislead the public at large. So, yeah, there you go. Yep. And uh, it's been interesting to watch the live audience, you know, over the past couple months, the shift from whenever we said anything <laughs> negative about Q, uh, we had quite a few people fighting us pretty hard in the chat and uh, not so much anymore. So, yeah. All right. Here's a little politics update uh, coming from TechCrunch.com. Uh, facial recognition reveals political party in troubling new research. Mm. What? Researchers have created a machine learning system that they claim can determine a person's political party Yikes. with re reasonable accuracy based only on their face. The implications of this are just out how, of this world how does that even work well, let's keep going the study from a group that also showed that sexual preference i was going to refer to this one but they mention it here the study from a group that also showed that sexual preference can seemingly be inferred this way candidly addresses and carefully avoids the pitfalls of modern phrenology I believe phrenology was the, uh, what was it? It was like you could read everything about somebody based on the the divots in their skull or something weird. Like you would, anyways, remember. leading to the uncomfortable conclusion that our appearance may express more personal information than we think. The study, which appeared this week in the Nature Journal Scientific Reports, was conducted by Stanford University's Michael Kaczynski. Kaczynski made headlines in 2017 with work that found uh, a person's sexual preference could be predicted from facial data. The study drew criticism not so much for its method, but for the very idea that something that's 
nationally non national notionally non physical. <laughs> Could be detected this way, but Kaczynski's work, as he explained uh, then and afterwards, was done specifically to challenge those assumptions and was as surprising and disturbing to him as it was to others. The idea was not to build a kind of AI gaydar, quite the opposite. In fact, as the team wrote at the time, it was necessary to publish in order to warn others that such a thing may be built by people whose interests went beyond the academic. Then they have a quote there, but we'll keep moving. Similar warnings may be sounded here for a uh, for a while. Politicians, well, hold on. For while political affiliation, at least in the U.S. and at least at the present, is not as sensitive or personal an element as sexual preference, it is still sensitive and personal. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> was this written by an AI? That Maybe. was a complicated sentence. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it is true because as we've seen, you know, people are with some people, if you're in a certain crowd of people, you may not want to draw attention to certain political beliefs. And that goes for both sides. A week hardly passes without reading uh, of some political or religious dissident or another being arrested or killed. I don't know about that. Hardly a week passes without reading of some political or religious dissident or another being arrested or killed, maybe around the world. If oppressive regimes could obtain what passes for probable cause uh, by saying the algorithm flagged you as a possible extremist instead of, for example, intercepting messages, it makes this sort of practice that much easier and more scalable. The algorithm itself is not some type of hyper-advanced technology. Kaczynski's paper describes a fairly ordinary process of feeding a machine learning system images of more than a million faces collected from dating sites in the U.S., Canada, and the U.K., as well as American Facebook users. Uh, There you go, American Facebook Mm -hmm. users. Thanks for your contribution to this algorithm that can tell what political party you're in. Uh, The people whose faces were used identified as politically conservative or liberal as part of the site's questionnaire. The algorithm was based on open sourced fake blah, blah, blah. They talk about facial recognition software. Okay. They get into some technical stuff. Uh, Did you have anything highlighted you wanted to jump to in this one? Of course, it's not as simple as, quote, conservatives have bushier eyebrows or liberals frown more, nor does it come down to demographics, which would make things too easy and simple. After all, if political party identification correlates with both age and skin color, that makes for a simple prediction algorithm right there. But although the software mechanism used by Kaczynski are quite standard, he was careful to cover his bases in order that this study, like the last one, can't be dismissed as pseudoscience. Yeah. Uh, uh, the test involved being presented with two faces. Yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So okay, the little yeah. they try to be a little more nuanced than your general appearance. Uh, but you know, I don't know. Th- this type of thing is extremely dangerous, regardless. Well, right. You think about uh, even just airports. Uh, Heathrow Airport is it, it, at least last I looked at the data was like the most facially recognized equipped uh, place on the planet. You know, you're walking through Heathrow. I forget what the number was, but your facial recognition gets uh, read 
like a hundred times or something walking to the bathroom to your gate or something crazy. And uh, considering the no fly lists and the Trump supporters and stuff being banned from airlines, getting kicked off planes, that would be an interesting immediate use case for this, you know, where you're just walking through the airport and you get uh, you get uh, corralled into a little side room and they're like, well, our facial recognition technology is recognized that you have conservative uh, political views can we ask you a few questions um the article continues later on if you're wondering which facial features in particular are revealing unfortunately the system is unable to report that and this uh is funny they're they're saying it without saying it that uh, the black box aspect of these artificial intelligence programs right um when they say unfortunately the system is unable to report that they literally mean they have no idea because a lot <laughs> of times with these machine learnings uh machine learnings machine learning uh, programs and artificial intelligence the robot is doing things that it cannot explain to human beings. Uh, moving on, in a short Paris study, Kaczynski isolated a couple dozen facial features, facial hair directness of gaze, various emotions, and tested whether those were good predictors of politics, but none led to more than a small increase in accuracy over chance or human expertise. Quote, Head orientation and emotional expression stood out. Liberals tended to face the camera more directly, were more likely to express surprise and less likely to express disgust, Kaczynski wrote in author's notes for the paper. But what they added left more than 10 percentage points of accuracy not accounted for. Quote, that indicates that facial recognition algorithm found many other features revealing political orientation. This is interesting. I kind of want to know what my face would read as. Yeah, especially since neither one of us have like a, a hard. Well, I mean, yeah, we we at least me, I tend to lean on one side, but but I'm not like I'm not registered with either party, you know. Yeah. So right. it'd be interesting to say, like, are we going to break the algo? <laughs> Explode the machine? <laughs> Maybe you are the unrecognizable. <laughs> you do not exist. That'll be our, uh, yeah, that'll be our political party. Yeah. Which by the um, way, I, I think hmm. I read somewhere and I don't know how accurate this is, but they're saying that they're going to have uh, a new political party by 2030 in the United States. That's going to, you know, really decimate the Republican and Democrat divide. Um, they've been saying that for a while, but it, it, with all the turmoil. Where did you hear this? this I don't remember. I need to find the source of it. I I hmm. didn't have time today to dig it up, but something maybe we'll talk about in the next episode. Okay. Um, yeah. And then we have uh, this Dominion thing. I'm I'm not too stoked about the source, but you know, you wanted to okay. you wanted to read it. So, uh, AmericanThinker.com. Uh, oh yeah well i wanted to mention this because we've read from american thinker sometimes before yeah. at least once or twice before uh because they have some interesting things are obviously very far uh right as far as their if the facial recognition was looking at americanthinker.com <laughs> that's where they would land but uh this is interesting because we mentioned the lawsuit against sydney powell um, and others coming from Dominion. And, uh, you know, I did not think that American Thinker was big enough 
that they would be targeted for this, but uh, this is on American Thinker. We they, uh, Let's see here. Yes, this came out today. We received a lengthy letter from Dominion's defamation lawyers explaining why they believe that their client has been the victim of defamatory statements. Having considered the full import of the letter, we have agreed to their request. They have agreed to their request that we publish the following statement. American thinker and contributors Andrea Widberg, R.D. Wedge, Brian Tomlinson, and Peggy Ryan have published pieces on AmericanThinker.com that falsely accuse U.S. Dominion, Inc., uh, Dominion Voting Systems, Inc., and Dominion Voting Systems Corporation, collectively Dominion, of conspiring <laughs> to steal the November 2020 <sighs> election from Donald Trump. These pieces rely on discredited sources who have peddled debunked theories about Dominion's supposed ties to Venezuela, fraud on Dominion's machines that resulted in massive vote switching or weighted votes, and other claims falsely stating that there is credible evidence that Dominion acted fraudulently. These statements are completely false and have no basis in fact. Industry experts and public officials alike have confirmed that Dominion conducted itself appropriately and that there is simply no evidence to support these claims. It was wrong for us to publish these false statements. We apologize to Dominion for all of the harm this caused them and their employees. I'm curious what the harm to Dominion and the employees was. I haven't seen anything about that. We also apologize to our readers for abandoning nine journalistic principles and misrepresenting Dominion's track record and its limited role in tabulating votes for the November 2020 election. We regret this grave error. Then there's an image of Uncle Sam sitting in the thinker's position there at the bottom. Uh, so yeah, the you know Dominion, after all the dust has settled, is uh, going after, you know, it's one thing to go after Sidney Powell, these sort of, by this time, nationally renowned lawyer uh, fighting on behalf of the Trump campaign, uh, whether or not she is officially on the team. Uh, but, you know, American Thinker, I, I'm sure they have a lot, you know, they have a lot of readers, but they're not. This is not CNN level. This is not f mainstream level uh, readership. I just thought it was interesting that, uh, uh, you know, a, basically a blog would, um, yeah. would need to uh, need to apologize so much. Yeah, I, I noticed that uh, the uh, American thinker, the guys that work here, the people uh, Peggy and Thomas, I think they, uh -huh. they do a little, it's like a video audio type of deal. And that one was shared a lot on my feed, like two or three years ago after mm -hmm. Trump took office and they weren't, it was interesting to listen to because they weren't exactly peddling the QAnon stuff, but it was very close to that type of, uh, information. Uh -huh. So it might've been a similar source. And then somebody if I'm not mistaken, we may have mentioned it on the show, but uh, somebody mentioned that Thomas had some connection to the Jesuits or something. I don't know. I don't, I'm not. I'm not going to say anything other than that's what I remember, and I'm probably remembering it wrong. But uh, right. so you know, there's some some people that were trying to discredit them anyway in the truth world or whatever. But um, you know, this is this is kind of like the the lawfare type of thing we've been hearing about that. The, they're going to have uh, lawyers come after certain uh, outlets 
and try to silence people. And because the, uh, the court cases and all that stuff didn't go down, it, they can do this. They can do this legally. But again, anybody who's really just looked at the evidence and coming at it from a very objective point of view, there was there were definitely some stuff going on with Dominion that's shady. And uh, you mentioned how, oh, you didn't hear anything about the people. Uh, well, were- from, from the info that was being relayed. From the info that was being relayed, but a lot of that, not a lot. Some of that you were able to just look at it objectively and say like, eh, something's not right. You don't have to say that there was fraud for sure, but there's definitely stuff that uh, was connected to the internet, the machines connected to the internet, stuff like that. The flash drives. There were things there that was kind of like, even if you're like a liberal Democrat, you should be like, yeah, what's going on with that? Uh, But you you mentioned we apologize uh, causing harm to the employees and stuff. I think there were some stories about people getting harassed. But mm-hmm. also, if I'm not mistaken, and this might have been disinformation, I don't know. I, I this is just stuff I heard, and I remember reporting on a little bit on Canary Cry News Talk. But it was uh, about how the Dominion offices shut down in the United States. Like as soon as the things got heated and people were talking about Dominion, I think they had an office in Colorado or something that they shut down, and then the one that was in the George Soros building uh, shut down in Canada as well. So. I mean, huh. it, I, I don't know if that was due to harassment Probably threats or something could be, or trying to run <laughs> I mean, either, either way you look at it, very shady. Uh, but I don't know. You were worried that we were going to get this letter and I don't think we will because we didn't sit there and number one, I don't think we're big enough to really, uh, oh, well, attract I, the I attention wasn't necessarily of worried. I was just trying to remember exactly <laughs> what we actually reported on dominion. Yeah. Oh man, doing three shows a week, it's hard to remember. I know, but I, th- I think we'll be okay, at least for now. Um, but yeah, very interesting. We'll see what happens. I mean, they published this. Well, know, the legal the- threats coming uh, into American Thinker were enough where they decided it was just uh, worth putting out an apology. Well, they're because they're not able to probably financially fight it, and that's that's kind of the thing that's happening too. If you really... Look at the if you step step back and look at the bigger picture of what's taking place here, the little guys are getting demolished by the establishment. Whether you believe it's the right, left, it doesn't matter. The big corporate establishment is taking over, and they're they're stepping on the the little guys everywhere. Whether it be a small business or you know outlets like these that um, try to bring news. Uh, So anyway, very interesting. Anything else on that? Very interesting. Yeah, I was trying to decide if I wanted to apologize to Dominion for uh, your false statements and debunked claims about uh, Dominion. (laughs) I have have some thoughts on Dominion. This might actually get us a letter. Sorry, Dominion. Should I I play the clip? No. Oh. (laughs) I'm going to do it. What clip? My opinion on Dominion. They are scum. Mm, okay yeah, you can send all <laughs> those letters dominions dominion lawyers you can send that over to face like the sun at face like the sun.com they are scum okay okay Thirty-three is the Illuminati dog whistle. We uh, keep track of the number because it shows up in all kinds of headlines and everything else. This one, 
I asked you if you thought it was appropriate or not, but I'm just going to read the headline here. WVLT.TV, 33 pounds of Viagra seized by customs in Cincinnati. Ooh, so 33 pounds of the Osiris pill taken out. <laughs> I don't remember you asking me that, but yeah, you don't uh, pay that's attention funny. Th- what, is, what <laughs> signal are they sending? It's the Osiris pill, man. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> 10,000 Osiris pills. Does that mean that the Washington Monument's going to stay closed? It's going to fall over. It's going to fall over. Customs agents in Cincinnati said they seized more than 10,000 pills of Viagra, which they believe came from the Middle East with potential ties to Hong Kong and China. So I'm confused. Were these illegally smuggled Viagra pills? (laughs) Do you want me to? (laughs) Why are they being seized? Uh, according to the Cincinnati Customs and Border Protections, officers seized 33.5 pounds of Viagra and two shipments. The agent said, if genuine, the pills would have an estimated manufacturer's retail price of $238,000. Wow, that's uh, expensive pills. Let's see. The, bottles, uh, the bottle label stated they were made in the U.S., but officials said the claims are suspect as they were imported from the Middle East. I guess they're just trying to trace it, and it didn't come from... The, I, mean, the, I don't know, some supply huh. chain stuff that didn't match up or something. I don't know. That's hey guns. interesting. Hey, guns. Yeah. Talk about getting blue-pilled. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Yeah, all right. Okay. There's more, more of where that came from. This story is uh, somebody shared it with us. Thank you for the person who shared it. Uh, and the message said, you guys made it, which I didn't quite fully grasp. Maybe it's because a bird is getting illegaled. APnews.com. Fake U.S. leg band gets pigeon a a reprieve in Australia. (laughs) This was the weirdest story, and it was top trending on Twitter. Yeah, pigeon that Australia declared a biosecurity risk has received a reprieve after U.S. bird organization declared its identifying leg band was fake. The band suggested mm. the bird found in Melbourne uh, in a Melbourne backyard on December 26th was a racing pigeon that left the U.S. state of Oregon 13,000 kilometers. It's about 8,000 miles away two months earlier. On that basis, Australian authorities on Thursday said they considered the bird a disease risk and planned to kill it. They don't no! say they don't say Rona, but. It's, uh, it's probably Rona. On the basis, Australian authorities on Thursday said they considered the bird a diseaseless plan to kill it, but uh, Dion Roberts, sport development manager for the Oklahoma-based American Racing Pigeon Union, <laughs> I didn't even know such thing existed, said on Friday, the band was fake. The band number belongs to a blue bar pigeon in the United States, which is not the bird pictured in Australia, she said. Quote, the bird band in Australia is counterfeit and not traceable, Roberts said. Uh, they do not need to kill him. Australia's Agriculture Department, which is responsible for biosecurity, agreed that the pigeon dubbed Joe <laughs> after U.S. President Joe Biden, because huh. it had very hairy legs, was hey. wearing a fraudulent copy leg band. Oh, I'm why? Sure <laughs> Who is putting a fraudulent leg band on this pigeon? <laughs> I don't know. Probably Joe. Joe Biden. This, this asks more questions <laughs> than it answers. This is the strangest story. Uh, quote, following an investigation, they're investigating this. This is where all of our tax dollars and resources. In, yeah, in, uh, no, good. Going. See, this is what happens 
uh, when we, (laughs) this is what I was saying when it was a slow news couple (laughs) days since Wednesday, the top trending Twitter thing went from, uh, Trump incites coup at the Capitol (laughs) to pigeon with wrong leg band found in Australia. The the department has concluded that Joe, the pigeon is highly likely to be Australian and does not present a biosecurity risk. Uh, the department said it will take no further action. So, yeah, maybe this is coding. Maybe because uh, you know what we never did. Uh, I never did watch was the uh, the movie Songbird. I meant to watch that and talk about it on the show. Oh, but yeah. I know part of that uh, film was you know you got a little yellow uh, bracelet to say if you were immune to COVID-23 or whatever, mm-hmm. not let you go anywhere. And we've talked about, you know, people counterfeiting quarantine documents or, or vaccine documents. Maybe this is a signal. It's an American bird in Australia with a faked uh, br- quarantine bracelet. But it was actually an Australian bird pretending to be an American bird. Maybe oh, he just that- wanted some cred like Joe, you know? The plot thickens. Fake cred. Although, if uh, birds aren't real, then maybe the the I don't know. I was going to use expression. Cat became too close to coming out of the bag or something. I don't know. People were trying to start oh, to figure out good. birds aren't real, so they're like, "Oh, let's just call it an, a fake American." <laughs> what are they hiding? I don't know. What are these birds hiding? I don't know. All right. Well, uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to Joe the the pigeon. <laughs> I think he's your life, Joe. Thank you, safe. LaboratoryEquipment.com. Oh, <laughs> I know. Detecting. How, how straightforward. I know. Detecting CRISPR Cas9 gene doping in athletes in the past 10 years. Gene doping. Oh, yeah. The past 10 years have illustrated the potential of the CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing system, but also the challenges that accompany such a powerful technique. When discussing the use of CRISPR-Cas9 in humans, quote, designer babies is often the first negative brought up, and rightfully so. Germline editing of human DNA using CRISPR-Cas9 could allow persons to manipulate babies by changing their eye color or hair color, for example. Uh, That example being the most tame of examples of uh, genetic tampering. Now, German researchers have extrapolated the situation further. What if athletes are tempted to use CRISPR to change their DNA for the better? Quote, the possibility of misuse in sports cannot be ignored. Mario Thevis, a professor for preventative doping research at the German Sport University Cologne, uh, told Laboratory Equipment, quote, such monitoring necessitates adequate testing approaches. And while assays for detecting gene therapy strategies rely on gene transfer and RNA interference have been under development and available for some years, focusing on CRISPR-Cas9 in the context of anti-doping was still to be addressed. And uh, so, yeah, this guy took the first steps to creating a test to detect the Cas9 itself Uh. in people to uh, to make sure that they're not Cas9 CRISPR-Cas9 enhanced. Yeah, interesting. Is, well, this is a very forward-thinking guy. We've talked about, uh, actually, I think it was just last episode, we talked about, you know, the uh, GMO super troopers that many countries are uh, developing for super soldiers. And right. it's just a matter of time before athletes uh, start breaking into that as well. This guy might, uh, maybe he listens to the show. Maybe. 
there's another story that we'll connect to this later on after the break that has to do with uh, the coronavirus being uh, something that demands genetic surveillance. And I feel like this is oh, part of that whole discussion. We need genetic surveillance because oh, we can't boy. have people, uh, you know, CRISPR Cas9 themselves uh, without the government support. Yeah, of course. Well, and it's interesting, too, because genetic surveillance would be the way to uh, tell if you've had the uh, mRNA vaccine. Right. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. that, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into that story later on there. But uh, we got another update here from Epstein Island. Epstein didn't kill himself. This is news.bloomberglaw.com. Wexner. L Brands Board sued for Epstein ties harassment culture. Uh, Leslie H. Wexner and other longtime senior leaders at L Brand Inc. were hit with a shareholder lawsuit in Delaware over the Victoria's Secret parents, quote, entrenched culture of misogyny, bullying and harassment, as well as ties to Jeffrey Epstein and other egregious mismanagement. Uh, The board, quote, did nothing to address decades of sexual harassment by top L Brands executives while the underqualified Epstein uh, inexplicably managed Wexner's fortune, and while the billionaire sex offender apparently used Wexner's home for liaisons with victims, the suit said, uh, Epstein's victim, Virginia Guffrey, has also, quote, claimed that he directly or directed her to have sex with Mr. Wexner, and other uh, victims have accused Wexner's wife, Abigail, quote, of acquiescence while Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell sexually assaulted her. So, um, you know, there, there have been people that have brought up the Wexner connection for a long time. Uh, I had, a, I know someone who's, uh, uh, whose wife, uh, was looking into the Victoria's secret connection to Epstein's connection to transhumanism like years ago. And, uh, so there's been some paper trails there in terms of, you know, what they're up to. Uh, but you know, they're slammed for it. Who knows if it's going to go any further than that? You know, these companies have a lot of money. Uh, what do you think? Do you think this is Wexner? Was this the, the Canadian fashion brand? I don't know if it was Canadian, but it's, it was the, uh, or or company for Victoria's secret. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. This must've been it. Yeah. The guy, uh, I thought, I thought they got him in Canada or something, but, um yeah we reported on him getting uh busted maybe about a month ago yeah yeah all right well fine then ah, no we got him again we got he <laughs> got him again more more <laughs> happening but not out you don't know what you're looking at what's driving that thing it's not a space alien alien it's unidentified so uh, we reported on the black vault cia releasing all kinds of ufo documents i got this message to me uh, which had a screenshot from the Black Vault, the story itself. And I summarized it in a tweet here. Saucer-shaped UFO gets shot down. Five large-headed entities, kind of described as greys, emerge, and they merge into a ball of light. The ball of light expands into a brilliant white light where 23 people viewing the phenomenon are turned into stone poles. Two people hiding behind trees survive. And I mean, we can, we don't have to read the whole document here, but uh, yeah, I was kind of reading through it. It sounds like this was a material gathered from newspapers. 
Um, I'm not sure, but I know it was part of it in the black vault declassified information. So, uh, I, I don't know that it was all public. I think some okay. of it was, but, um, yeah, very interesting. And I, it, you know, it, it sort of plays into the idea of the, uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah situation where yeah. people are turned into pillar of salt. And yeah. uh, uh, so maybe that, uh, you know, technology exists in one form or another. And when it's used by bad demonic aliens, then you result in this type of situation here. But uh, I just thought it was interesting to share. There have been people, other people sharing, um, you know, things that they found in the black vault in the recent release. Uh, but also I've seen people say, oh, if it's CIA, then it's all fake. So, you know, take it for what it's worth. Yeah, well, that's been part of our uh, idea about this. This this is not the the declassification that was uh, ordered in the last COVID bill. This was the result of FOIA requests by John Greenwald. Um, so it'll be interesting if once the declassification to Congress from the CIA happens, uh, and you know, Lord willing, that gets leaked, to compare it to this FOIA request would be very interesting. Yeah. See what did and didn't get shared uh through the different um you know ways of sharing intelligence agencies and news yeah, right. outlets and stuff yeah yep so there you go let's uh move into one of our main stories here we're taking Woo! things that are genetically modified organisms and we're injecting them in little kids arms we just shoot them right into the vein right into the vein right into the vein right into the vein Okay, to start off with our Bill, Bill Gates tribute. Sorry. What was that one? I'm hungry. Okay, food update. Uh, this is coming from news18.com. Uh, Microsoft founder Bill Gates revealed as the biggest farmland owner in the United States. Oh, perfect. Just perfect. <laughs> The co-founder and former CEO of Microsoft, Bill Gates, has built up a massive farmland portfolio spanning 18 states, enough to claim the title of biggest farmland owner in the United States. According to the Land Report, Gates, currently the fourth largest person in the world, has quietly amassed 242,000 in farmland acreage. Gates and his wife Melinda own a total of 268,984 acres of land, most of which includes far, uh, the farmland, along with 25,750 acres of transitional land and 1,000, uh, whoa, 1,234, 1,234 acres of recreational land that's too much land for one man research showed that gates who has a net worth of nearly 121 billion according to forbes owns the largest holdings in louisiana 69,071 acres arkansas and nebraska wow largest holdings in louisiana arkansas and nebraska additionally he has a stake in 25,750 acres of transitional land on the west side of phoenix arizona which is being developed as a new suburb the land is held directly and through third-party entities by cascade investments gates's personal investment vehicle cascades other investments include food safety company ecolab used car retailer Vroom, weird, and Canadian National Railway. Whoa! 
While it may be surprising that a tech billionaire is the largest farmland owner in the U.S., this is not Gates's only foray into agriculture. In 2008, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation announced $306 million in grants to promote high-yield sustainable agriculture among smallholder farmers in sub-Saharan Africa and South Asia. With 242,000 acres of farmland, the Gates family is now ahead of the rest of the top farmland owners in the country. The next Next largest farmland owner are the Ofit family with 190,000 acres and Stewart and Linda Resnick with 190,000 acres. The Ofit family operates a potato farm based in Fargo, North Dakota, as well as owning RDO equipment, according to agriculture.com. Stewart and Linda, okay, well, we don't care about them. So there you go. Uh, Bill Gates, after establishing the Panopticon with, uh, you know, bringing personal computers and computing into the position of power that they are now in, is looking to settle down and start farming the entire United States. And based on all of his uh, vaccine stuff and genetics and the things he seems to be into, this is not good news for... Just yeah, this is a food crazy in power play. Yeah, oh, it is ridiculous. Yeah, and this is a, a very concerning with where food manufacturing is going. Is there any way to break it? it, it how is this not like a, a a monopoly? How is he not a monopoly? Can't we break break him up? Yeah, break I him up into know. pieces. Well, Microsoft certainly has had to defend itself against uh, antitrust laws for yeah, decades he, now. But he's not Microsoft anymore. He stepped down. No, technically he's not. From Microsoft. Now he's Farmer Bill. Farmer, Farmer Bill. <laughs> yeah, no, this is definitely worrisome. I mean, of course, uh, there's a lot of things to worry about when anybody amasses that type of power. Uh, and considering the way that, uh, you know, he's been uh, handling all sorts of his money-based power again remember he's not an elected official he's not a doctor he's not a he's just a rich guy uh for him to be owning the most farmland in america is a little is pretty concerning especially when it comes to you know his propensity to bend the laws of nature in order to (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> quote in, in his words would be to you know for the betterment of humanity uh but uh, lots of people are pretty skeptical of the way he's going about that well and also you got to th- mention the theme earlier right of people the you know the very few the elite taking uh-huh. over things of the common folk there's just another example where you have just a small group of people overtaking everything and, uh, yeah. and it's not everything, obviously, but that's a lot of land. That's a lot of farmland. And you know, he's going to implement some weird, you know, uh, genetic stuff or GMOs type of uh, food or because yeah, he's, well, he's complicit with the, they make the connection right in the article talking about the $306 million in grants to promote high yield, sustainable agriculture among now this was small holder farmers in sub-Saharan Africa. But as we know with Bill, his, that's kind of his playbook. He spends a bunch of money and experiments in Africa before bringing it to bringing it back home. Well, that was the other question I had is, does he actually, how much land does he own in Africa? Yeah. Like, and it maybe, I don't not directly. think he owns any. 
Well, it doesn't state he owns any. It doesn't this state was specifically it, but... this was all American holdings that was mentioned in this article. And I think this is also a precursor to uh, some of the things that we've seen in the past with Bill Gates. This was a story from 2020 uh, USA Today. Bill Gates, Tyson Foods, not instigating collapse of meat supply. Oh, don't they're worry. Trying to, yeah, they're trying to debunk the, the idea. Um, but it does say here that uh, Bill Gates uh, and Tyson Food have supported research in startups focusing on lab-grown meat. They're trying to undercut the nation's supply of meat amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Yada, yeah, yada, we've yada. not so, heard a lot about the lab-grown meat recently, have we? Recently, but as USA Today states, <laughs> exposing themselves or exposing Bill Gates in an attempt to debunk the crazy conspiracy theories is uh, that, yeah, he's a prominent supporter of lab-grown and alternative meat initiatives. And so it's alarming to have a guy that owns this that much land, in the, a farmland in the United States, that's like super into lab-grown meat. Yeah, it's just kind of not. <laughs> the two things don't make sense. I'll make some meat, some lab meat factories on uh, on all this land instead of raising real cows. Yeah, or just genetically modifying it. So this is CNBC.com from March 2019. How Impossible Burgers' simple vision won hundreds of millions in funding and backing from Bill Gates. So there you go, another example and. and uh, uh, let's see what Pat Brown was working in his research lab in 2009. He had zero intention of starting a business, much less one that would win United Nations backing and investment from the likes of Microsoft founder, Bill Gates. So, you know, you got UN and Bill Gates having the same sustainable development goals, right? That we've talked about over and over and over again for years. And, uh, uh, so I don't know. It, this is just, uh, I don't like it. I don't yeah, like it's just it. concerning on its face. Can know? we just can we just label uh, pass laws to label kind of like the GMO label <laughs> it has laws to be labeled if it's a Bill Gates yeah, carrot, Bill, <laughs> yeah, any kind of Bill Gates Gates product or food. <laughs> we just uh, that's funny, you know, and that's that. I mean, in all seriousness, that should be a thing because even be. just for consumer rights to know who they're giving their money to, you know, if they don't want to give their money to Bill Gates and buy somebody else's potatoes. They should be able to do that. It doesn't even have to be under some like super intense, uh, you know, genetically modified blah, blah, blah. Just needs to have a little Bill Gates face down at the bottom so people can choose if they want to give their money to Bill Gates. Yeah, that's your uh, your ideal capitalism. showing through there i don't think it's gonna happen Uh, it seems like it should be easier than trying you know because they're trying to label all these things very intense you know oh the the and then it gets into a debate is gmo is gmo actually healthy or unhealthy should we label what about organic should it be organic labeled should it not because the health of our children no 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 this is capitalism make it easy do i want to give my money to this guy or not that's all i want to know right well Bill Gates is not only taking over land, but he also wants to take over the air. Oh, no. This is theguardian.com. Bill Gates joins Blackstone in bid to buy British private jet services firm. Gates's Cascade Investment Fund uh, teams up with U.S. private equity firm on offer for Signature Aviation. Uh, Bill Gates has uh, joined a £3 billion bidding war 
to buy the world's largest private jet services company just as he prepares to publish his new book, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster. Oh, great. That is hilarious. Uh, you just buy everything and uh, inject it with GMOs. No, well, this is hilarious. He's buying the largest private jet services company while pushing <laughs> climate change problems. I know. <laughs> this is like, uh, you know, when Leonardo DiCaprio took a private jet across the Atlantic to go speak at uh, the climate accords or whatever. Right. You know, and, and I forget the numbers, but it's something like flying a jet. And he was like the only person on it. It's one thing to take economy and fly a jet with, you know, 500 other people, but to be the only guy in a jet to go speak about climate change is hilarious. Maybe he'll use this. You know, I would say if we, if we had him here on the line, <laughs> you'd probably, be like well i wanted to buy this big jet company so to I clean can, it up right so i can experiment with these new this new jet fuel that's made out of farmland <laughs> <laughs> just farmland just it's powered by farmland he just wants to buy all this farmland melt it down not oh, farm on man. it just turn it into jet fuel to fix climate change what's the problem it says here, according to a study by academics at Lund University, Gates is one of the world's biggest, quote, super emitters due, yeah. due to his regular private jet travel. He took 59 <laughs> flights in one year, traveling more than 200,000 miles, according to the report, which estimated that Gates's private jet travel emitted about 1,600 tons of carbon dioxide. That compares with a global average of less than five tons per person. Researchers mm. have found that private jets emit up to 40 times as much carbon dioxide per passenger than commercial jets. Gates, who says in the foreword to his forthcoming book that he has spent a decade investigating the, cause, uh, the causes and effects of climate change, did not respond to requests for comment about his views on the carbon footprint of private jets. The billionaire has previously <laughs> said that owning private planes was his guilty pleasure. <laughs> In a Reddit Ask Me Anything in 2014, Gates said, Owning a plane is a guilty pleasure. Warren Buffett called his the indefensible. I do get to, uh, get to a lot of places for foundation work. I wouldn't be able to go to it without yeah, yeah. it. I wouldn't yeah. be able to get there without a private plane. <laughs> That's funny. Maybe get he's out gonna, of here. Maybe he's going to turn them all into uh, chemtrail mobiles. They are scum. This yeah. article was amended on January or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So anyway, Bill Gates, uh, yeah, he's all twisted up, man. He's a tortured man. Build if he's a better, man at all. I know. Bill back better. This is like the, this is like the definition of demonic power. Yeah. Bill Gates. Got him. Got him. Yeah. Okay. Well, should we take a quick little break? Quick break. It's break time. Okie dokie, folks. We're just going to take a quick little break, but don't go anywhere because after the break, we've got some uh, some Wack Chin 
pandemic special news we got to get to. A few little updates there you may have missed in all of the uh, political upheaval. And then, of course, some beast system and China updates as well. So stick around. But uh, before we get to that, we are going to take a quick break and thank some of our producers. That's right. I said producers because we are on the value for value model. If you haven't heard of it, uh, actually, the, the value for value model is starting to spread even further. Uh, we, you know, we switched over to the value for value model after uh, being convinced by Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak over at the No Agenda show there. And uh, as they played on their show, it sounds like some big tech people are starting to uh, kind of observe the value for value model. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh we hopped on board early and why because we don't want to take any money from corporations as you may have noticed lately advertising for podcasts and live broadcasts like ours is uh, they've become easier and easier to get uh we've certainly uh, had our fair share of offers, but the very act of taking money from a corporation uh, to do our show is just nonsense. It's nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense. We would have to be uh, turning our back on principles that we are very serious about. And uh, honestly, once you start taking money from corporations for advertising, then you got to watch what you say. You can't talk about certain things. You certainly couldn't say anything about Bill Gates and uh, you become, you know, that you're then under threat to follow orders or else uh, your money gets taken away. So instead of that, we decided that we would break away from the global theology of advertisements and um, we invite you guys to do that as well. There's always somebody in the chat who just, uh, you know, just begs us to start doing advertisements because they just hate it when we take some time and thank our producers. Instead, they would like to get brainwashed by a corporation, which doesn't make any sense to me. But we uh, are on this path and we invite you to do so as well, because we are moving into an era, folks, where uh, if you're trying to get your news or your entertainment or whatever from a company that is using advertising, uh, first of all, you're just not taking responsibility for the quality of your own um, broadcast enjoyment or your news or whatever you want to call it, uh, but you are willingly handing over your attention and therefore your worldview building uh, responsibility over to a corporation who wants to put the value on your uh your feed instead of you putting the value on it so we invite our listeners to not just be passive listeners but to become producers and that's a real deal that's not a cutesy term uh if you pay to keep a piece of media going you are a producer of that piece of media and so we would like to thank some of our producers and that's another thing i love about the value for value system and the way that we do it is uh it's transparent 
You know, you, you get to hear the names of the people responsible for uh, keeping your show going. Uh, that doesn't happen very often in this world. So, first of all, I'd like to thank uh, a new uh, an upgrading producer over on the Patreon.com slash CCNT. Again, that's Patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk. And uh, we have an up. Or oh shoot no this is a new producer, uh, new producer T3T Innovations. Thank you very much, producer T3T Innovations. Yeah. Thank you, producer um, T3T. Yeah. T3T. That that hard to say. T3T. Yeah. T3T. Yeah. I wonder what they do. I've got to look into that. So thank you very much. Uh, next we have Patreon.com/slash Canary Cry Radio, and uh, if you haven't done it yet, you should check out Canary Cry Radio. That's our interview style show we've been doing since 2012 we've got four episodes that we've done live and are waiting to put out on the podcast feed but you can find them over on the youtube channel um and it's just a good way to lay a good foundation for your canary cry material um and we had an upgrading producer named producer baya producer baya Thank you very much, producer Baya. And thank you for your upgrade, your increased faith in what we do. Okay, and uh, that's the Patreon. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people don't like Patreon. That's okay. We understand. That's why we have CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. That's right. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support is a great place to learn more about the value for value model. And uh, you can also become a producer there. There is uh, you can become a monthly producership if you want to commit to helping laying down a firm foundation for the show. Or if commitment is not your thing, you can go ahead and make a one time producership in any amount. There's also cryptocurrency and all sorts of fun stuff. Make sure to check out Canary Cry radio.com slash support gons who do we have coming in over there over there on canary cry radio.com slash support we have uh first off we have saul thank you saul thank you very much producer saul very consistent and and just little amounts over and over yeah this is good thank you for that yeah uh we also have producer volodymyr Oh, Vladimir, our Russian KGB uh, handler. And we got we had we have permission to do Russian voices. So in case you're yes, wondering, it was actually uh, requested. Requested. <laughs> it's uh, demanded rather. Dem- by demanded. Our KGB handler. <laughs> we also have Spears Desert. Yes, and Spears producer Spears Desert came in with the thirty three dot thirty three donation. Ooh. So wake up, sheeple. <laughs> wake up to the Illuminati's. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is it? What do we call it? Dog, Dog whistle. whistle. Yes. And finally, we have a mess. Uh, a producer, Madeline K. Thank you she, very much, Madeline K. She came in with two hundred and two dollars and ten cents. It was supposed to be twenty twenty one. Oh, oh she wow. moved the decimal point. So that's a very oh, generous. Thank of you. you so much, Madeline. And she gave us a note. She says, "I'm a bit late with my." 202.1 producership, but I just wanted to drop you to a line and tell you what a bright spot your six plus hours per week of content has been over the past year. Not only do I have you to thank in part for my very gradual, gentle awakening throughout 2016, Ooh. but I also must 
thank you for your many years of faithfulness and sharing your well-researched aggregation of crazy world news. Yeah. The thoughtfulness with which you approach each topic and the perspective that you offer listeners is so valuable. In my hectic life, I feel like your shows are a dose of comfort and sanity. Ooh, thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, thank you for sharing the news and offering commentary with a kingdom of heaven mindset rather than one focused on earthly comfort or success. Last but not least, thank you for not just screaming into the void about the end of the world. Laughing into the void is much better. Uh, each of you has a unique sense of humor, and the banter is actually one of my favorite things about CCNT in particular. Watching the apocalypse unfold with you has been much more fun than I ever anticipated. Keep up the great work, gentlemen. Here's to another year. Your loyal listener, Madeline. So thank you, producer wow, Madeline. Thank you very much, very, producer Madeline. Very encouraging note. So uh, we really appreciate that. Yeah, that was encouraging. That's wonderful to hear. Um, I'm trying to fix the doc because you added this giant thing in here that I'm trying. There we go. Um, okay. So other ways you can support the show with your producership is with your time and your talent. Uh, we have uh, jingles you can send us and artwork you can send us. We do have a jingle from Joe. He put together a CERN jingle. Oh, uh, let's check this out. That gap that is created is the actual tearing of the veil and realizing a gateway, a doorway to another parallel dimension. The of the God. <laughs> Very good, Joe. Very Thank fun. you for that. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had some CERN news. Yeah, it's good that we might uh, we might have a CERN jingle there, and also, of course, the artwork. One art, please. <laughs> we always appreciate the hand drawn most of the time art. Uh, first one we will get to is from producer Ali. Oh yes, Gazlin Bonds in the chat. It's a picture. Oh my gosh, it's this Joe is Biden. Terrifying. I know it's Joe Biden, uh, and it's uh -huh. labeled "Some of the Left Outraged Over Vaccine Effects on Biden." And he just looks totally freaked out. <laughs> He's got this crazy smile. Very well done, Ali. <laughs> Captured then, his uh, insanity perfectly. And then on the bottom it says, "You're just a turtle pickle turkey face, aren't you?" Yeah, that's what I told him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's something he actually said, but it sounds like something he would say. I hope that's a real quote from a Joe clip. <laughs> Turtle pickle turkey face. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Producer Allie, always a pleasure. And uh, wow, this is, she just keeps getting better and better. I know. And next up we have uh, producer, uh, it's Barzilai, producer Barzilai. Uh, he's the one that does the eye spy for Canary oh, Cry. Yeah. Oh, we have the new Canary Cry eye spy. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is very well done. This is a little bit more of an, uh, well, I guess they're all sort of apocalyptic scenes, but we've got giant Trump and giant Biden uh, just standing in flames, duking it out. We've got Jetpack Man up there, Gons. I don't mm -hmm. know if you see I see Jetpack Man. I see some nice drones. Drone. You know what we missed? We missed the third sighting of Jetpack Man. No, we mentioned it. No, not the third one. We mentioned the second one. No, we, we mentioned it. I had video. Remember? I think you're mistaken. There oh, was. You know, a, you know what it is. You uh -huh. dropped it. I had it, and you're like, "Oh, jetpack man again." 
I don't think that's yes, true. Yes, that's 100% true. I remember setting up that's for the episode. That's not true. I no, will go I back the into the history. You can that, go back on the history, but it's it's I'll been deleted the in the doc because you said Jetpack Man again. I remember the conversation. <laughs> I don't know about that. But yeah, there was video. Just because you remember it doesn't mean it happened, Gons. We okay. all know the, we all remember the Pokemon incident. We won't yeah, get into well, it on the air. I'm pretty um, sure we either showed it or you, you uh, decided not to because. No, because it was last week. It was, it was like two, week. it was like two weeks ago. There was like video footage from the private, private plane of the guy, you know, floating across like uh, over the ocean. Is that the one no, you're talking about? that was about? the second one. That was that the third was one. That was the second one. Oh that my was gosh. the third sighting. No, it wasn't. There was another okay. one that happened just recently. The th Anyways, this doesn't matter. You're wrong. We This one happened and we missed it. We didn't do it. Um, anyways, thank you for the Canary Cry I Spy. I'm trying to make sure to put this on social media. You can find things. You got to find all of the things like Samurai Gons, Basil Podcasters, and the ex-presidents, Samurai Kitties. Let's see. Flippy with a party hat. Uh, friendly Canary LAX Rocket Man. Oh, there he is. Vaccine Bot, etc., etc. These are always very fun. So um, make sure see if you can find them all with the Canary Cry I Spy. Yeah, go to CanaryCryNewsTalk.com, uh, Canary scroll down to the episode page there, and you'll see uh, both the image and also the list, so you can play I Spy with, uh, with Canary Cry. There and we go. last uh, of the art, we have producer Grace uh, coming in with this puzzling piece here. She has a note to explain what's going on here. Um, it, it's a very squiggly line with uh, just a whole bunch of stuff happening. Uh, Grace said, this art was inspired by the article about how AI needs sleep because they are starting to mimic the human brain too much. If they don't Ooh. get rest, they hallucinate. It also reminded me of do robots dream of electric sheep. The picture from the article inspired the painting I did. This was from episode 285 Monday. So do AI dream or hallucinate of electric sheep? Uh, there are little sheep if you zoom in. Oh, yeah. There's cute little sheep if in there. Zoom this in. Is, uh, this is beautiful. What a beautiful piece, Producer Grace. And, uh, yes, there are indeed little, uh, little sheep in there. Yeah. And I'm still terrified at the fact that AI start to hallucinate if they don't sleep. Yeah, it's not, it's not, a, good, not a good thing. I feel like my iPhone does that, too. You leave Ooh. it on for too many days, it just kind of gets squirrely. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's time to it's time to find the alternative for the iPhone anyway. Yeah, I'm about to smash this thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, you want to hear some reviews? Yeah, let's we got do a it. fun one. Yeah, let's okay. share a review. So, leaving ratings and reviews is an awesome way to support the show, and uh, we do read all of them, and we love them. Have not read any in 2021, but there's just a handful here. Um, so, first of all, we've got a five star from Ms. Ooh, Ms. Desi, 1980, or Ms. Des. Uh, let me make that bigger. Yes, and simply truth. Thank you. You're Ooh. welcome. 
We appreciate it. Uh, there's another one came in from For the Remnants. I'm not sure how they're how they're doing it, but they're able to leave multiple reviews, and I support it. This is five stars from For the Remnant. This is a five star rating and review. A rating is quantified expression of intangible value. A review is words describing the quality behind the quality. A one star review is like Basil pimping out your attention with a pithy statement, like everyone likes waffles. <laughs> a five star review is like Basil dropping truth bombs, like. Quote, subjecting yourself to advertisements makes you an informed consumer like standing in a garage makes you a car. (laughs) This is really good. And this is a throwback to uh, uh, or a reference, at least, to how I describe leaving ratings and reviews on the Joy Spiracy theory. So now I know the For the Remnant uh, listens to the Joy Spiracy theory. Thank you very much. Um, We have another five star review here. From T.R. Lester, Canary Cry News Talk, hands down the most informative, accurate, and current podcast out there. These two young men bring the information we are all searching for without the hype and brainwashing the mainstream narrative is trying to sell as news. They go to great lengths to make sure the information they use comes from reliable sources, and I appreciate that. They are well-grounded in biblical teaching and present current news in the light of Christ's teaching. I so appreciate them. They have been my lifeline of reason during this entire COVID mess. That's how I survived the misinformation stream of rhetoric that has been spewing and is still coming at us today can't say enough about this podcast my son shared it with me and i share it with all my friends and family i encourage you to listen and do the same stellar spread the word thank you so much tr lester uh that's wonderful wonderful review of the podcast and makes me feel uh so warm and fuzzy inside this one's for him everybody loves waffles Now, here's the one, Gons, that I'm so excited for you. Uh The one. The one for you that I was excited for everybody to hear because it's so hilarious. One star. One star. It's been a while. From Rancho Dan. And uh, here we go. See, let me, we'll see if this sounds like us. Typical Trump-loving evangelicals. (laughs) Just a couple of supposed Christ followers who forgot their allegiance should only be to Jesus. They condemn anything from the left. Can't even bring themselves to admit that there might be racism in our country in spite of all the black people killed by police. And trip all over themselves to excuse Trump and everything he says and his followers do. Just plain garbage. Well... (laughs) <laughs> I, I won't argue Whoa. with that last part. <laughs> Might just be just plain garbage. This is a person obviously either has never listened to the show or listened to about five minutes of one show. I can't imagine a show. If you listen to a full show, especially in the past three months or 2020. No, forget that. I don't know. They, this is obviously somebody who has not listened to an enti- one entire show. You so know, there you go, Gons. Just a couple of supposed Christ followers who forgot their allegiance should only be to Jesus. Yeah, well, I'm glad. I mean, it, it, hey, if you're going to leave a review uh, and you don't know much about the show, that's still better than not leaving a review. So <laughs> That's true. It still we gets thank attention. You for, we thank you for your uh, vitriol. Uh, yeah. 
They condemn anything from the left and can't even bring themselves to admit that there might be racism in our country despite all of the black people killed by police and trip all over. Sorry, I just enjoy. I enjoyed reading that so much. Well, thank you, Rancho Dan, for leaving your comments. Next, uh, let's see. Yep, and lastly, uh, five stars from Chakra709. Makes you think. I'm a senior producer to this podcast, and even though I don't understand it all, I thoroughly enjoy it. You learn about things you never hear anywhere else and how it relates to the Bible. An edifying podcast. Thanks, Basil and Gons. Keep expanding my world. And that's from Sharon Craig. Thank you very much, producer Sharon Craig. And uh, there you go. That's all of our ratings and reviews. And uh, thank you to everyone who left reviews. Yes, even you, Rancho Dan. If you ever hear this, I hope. uh, (laughs) I know. I hope he hears it. That's. (laughs) I want him to hear it. I want him to know that I read it on the show. That's Uh, the one thing. You know, there's content creators out there. A lot of times, uh, people ask me like, how are you even able to deal with the negative comments and the thing? And it's kind of like, yeah, it, it stinks. And sometimes I'll push back and, you know, counter or whatever, but for the it's most part, yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, you gotta just, you gotta grow some thick skin, but for the most part, it's kind of, there is a part of you that has to remember, wow, they sat through that whole thing and <laughs> they actually listened. <laughs> well, maybe not, maybe yeah. not, maybe not Rancho Dan, uh, yeah. or maybe he was, I don't know, maybe he was ranching. While doing it, and he was only <laughs> hearing certain parts or whatever. But yeah, uh, you know they they're actually responding to something you put out there, negative or positive. You got to appreciate that they took the time to do it. So yeah, yeah, they, you know, even, they gave even us though, their attention for long enough to tell us how much they hated it. Yeah, so, <laughs> thank you. Negative <laughs> comments much. are fun. Do, should we pull some from the YouTube channel too, just no, for therapeutic no. purposes? That's a, no, that's a whole oh. other awful thing. Okay. The reviews are one thing. The, the, <laughs> the toxicity comments. on YouTube is, that's too much. Um, but there you go, folks. So thank you very much for those ratings and reviews. And I encourage everyone, yes, even if you're like Rancho Dan and you're just listening to literally the 30 seconds of me asking for a <laughs> review. Please go leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and uh, tell us what you think of the show. It really helps the algorithms uh, share the show out with uh, the world. And again, yes, we must work with, we're tricking the algorithms. And people think we're bending the knee. No, we're manipulating the algorithms to to uh to to our own will here so thank you very much again apple podcasts canary cry news talk leave a review thank you okay um we have a birthday today gons we're almost done with the break folks don't worry uh but we did want to say a very happy birthday to producer uh oh this is a producer she's on the uh the canary cry prayer uh team um and it is Amanda R. It's uh, Amanda R's birthday. All right. Well, yeah. celebrate Amanda R's birthday the only way we know how. Yeah. yeah. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Yes. Very happy birthday. 
And thank you for being a part of the prayer team. Very important part of uh, another, just another thing created by producers of the show uh, for other other listeners and producers of the show. We enjoy the fact that that uh, exists so much. And uh, Amanda is Frappyholic on Twitch. Let's see. Have you seen Frappyholic in the chat today? Um, I hear she's working today, so she might not be listening live. But thank you and happy birthday, Amanda. Oh, there Amanda. she is. Oh, oh, oh my gosh, she's here. Where is she? <laughs> I see her. I she said, her. thanks, oh, guys. Oh, there she is. Okay, good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, okay, there we go. All right. Uh, anything else? Am I missing something? Yeah, so Jade Bouncerson, thank you for the timestamps. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, they, for some reason, they posted the comment, but it got lost in the... Uh, youtube cyber hole just disappeared so luckily i got the message and i was able to uh post the comment and put it in the description so great uh, really appreciate that for the last episode for 286 so i know those are time consuming and maybe uh, we got to figure out a better way to uh communally do that just so it doesn't fall on like one person yeah well maybe if uh, another producer out there who likes to catch the um Maybe, yeah, maybe there can be like a group of people and they kind of figure out who can watch the live show and leave those. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to put more work on somebody to uh, coordinate that. But if you are interested in helping out the show uh, by doing li- uh, timestamps, like if you try, you know, if you if you hit if you make it to the live broadcasts every show or a couple times a week, um, let us know. And uh, the timestamps are very important to the long lasting effect of the show because because on YouTube, uh, people like having the ability to skip around on the timestamps and not have to listen to the whole thing. Um, so there you go. If you're interested in that, send us an email at uh, canarycryradio at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, we also, just real quick. Yep. Canary Cry Merch yes. Birch. Oh, sorry. I was <laughs> reading something. Canary Cry Merch Birch. That is our producer created, producer run uh, merch place. If you want any Canary Cry Merch, Canary Cry Merch Perch is the place to go. All uh, costs are, or everything is sold at cost to keep it cheap for uh, the, can, the Canarians there. But you do have the option to tip the artist, tip the webmaster, and you can also tip Gons and I. But please consider tipping the artist and the webmaster especially uh, for putting so much hard work into making that merch available and also we got a message from producer isaac uh, about oh, right. the Canary Cry calendar. He says, as of right now, I only have 10 left in stock. The only way that I will be able to get more is to do another print run. And at this point with calendars, I don't want to have a lot of obsolete inventory left over. They will be on a first come surf, first serve basis. So if somebody has one sitting in their cart planning to check out later, order ASAP. So there you go, folks. There's uh, only a few of the Canary Cry calendars left. So if you want them, go get them now. Gons, uh, producer Isaac said he sent mine to you. So you'll have to send that to me. Okay, perfect. Okay, there you go. Go get your Canary Cry calendar and head over to CanaryCryMerchPerch.com. And real quick, uh, just want to mention the uh, Connect offline meetup 
or I guess it's online. It's not offline. Zoom. Yeah. Zoom. Ciara is doing her, uh, she's organizing the Zoom call 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific time on Saturday. That's tomorrow the 16th, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, does that have her email on it? It does. Ciara Lauren okay. 93 at gmail.com. Yeah. Let's just say it out loud for the podcast listeners. Yeah. The listeners at Ciara Lauren 93 at gmail.com. C I A R A. L a u r e n nine three at gmail.com. And, uh, again, this will be posted as well in the, uh, show notes area, yeah. canarycrynewstalk.com. So go check it out and you'll see the flyer here. Yep. Go do it and be there. And Gons and I, uh, try our best to pop in every once in a while to those meetups. Yeah. Um, what date, what is it's, the date? Is this the 20th? I, th- I thought it was tomorrow. Oh, it well, doesn't I might have be a able date. to try to pop in there tomorrow. Third oh. Saturday. Oh, third Saturday. So it would be next week. I think she mentioned it. Anyways, we'll figure it out. Okay. Um, so there you go. You can meet other Canarians and chat, and it's a good time. Very right. good. Let's, All right. Uh, Is it time to wake break. up? Yep. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, y'all, wake up. And we are doing some Wakshin updates. Wakshin. Wakshin. Special. Yeah, so first, CNBC.com, Moderna CEO says the world will have to live with COVID forever. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a, not a great thing for somebody who made a vaccine to say about it. No, see, you need, you need a sick population <laughs> to keep yeah. vaxxing them. You're supposed to make it go away. Why are you saying it's going to be here forever? Well, I made a video about the uh, problem with Moderna here. Uh, They've been around for over, I think, about 10 years now, maybe longer. What is it, 2021? Yeah, about about 10 years. The COVID-19 vaccine is their first product to go to uh, uh, actual production, get past all the FDA stuff. And this guy, Stephen Bansell... Uh, who's the CEO of Moderna, he is not a scientist. Just keep that in mind. Not a scientist. Mm -hmm. Uh, Says here, CEO of COVID-19 vaccine maker Moderna warned Wednesday that the coronavirus that has brought world economies to a standstill and overwhelmed hospitals will be around, quote, forever. Oh, no. Public health officials and infectious disease experts have said there is a high likelihood that COVID-19 will become an endemic disease, meaning it will become present in communities at all times, though likely at lower levels than it is now. Uh, Moderna CEO Stephen Bensel appeared to agree Wednesday that COVID-19 will become endemic, saying SARS-CoV-2 is not going away. We are going to live with this virus, we think, forever. He said during a panel discussion at the J.P. Morgan Healthcare Conference. J.P. Morgan. Morgan. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, Anyway, that's there's no point. Yeah, not much else to say there except for not really a big surprise. I mean, there's a lot of diseases that we live with all the time. Cold, the flu. Well, that's that's just just it, though. That's just it, though. And, And it goes to show that this whole thing was. Uh, uh, propaganda at its finest really because uh, they literally weaponized something that is like the common flu and uh, our response to it the the psychological attack that happened on the world population 
Uh, and I think the panic of the medical professionals, it's, it's quite the, uh, you know, hopefully more than that shutting down of the economies. I mean, they talk about, yeah, they, yeah, they talk about the, this ruined our economy. No, you ruined our economy. You guys ruined, (laughs) you guys. uh, Yeah. Again, as the theme goes, this is a, I feel like this whole thing was to uh, cover up so much for the economic crash, which was going to happen anyway. Right. Our economy was struggling and they were printing trillions even before COVID. It just so happens that the virus let everything stop and blame yeah, and it on we the were, virus. We were, of, uh, uh, we, the, the schedule, the, the, uh, recession schedule we were past due for a recession oh way past yeah they happen about every 10 years more or less and uh 2008 being the big one of course and we were 12 years which is uh, a couple years past the recession schedule so this was a yeah. good way to uh kind of hide that and by the way people you know people have asked asked me like how is the stock market going up why does the stock market keep going up? But you know, mm-hmm. we're the economy's falling apart. This is it's hiding the inflation. Yeah, the inflate the the dollars printing so many dollars. The dollars being devalued, but to hide inflation, they're pumping up real estate. They're pumping up stocks, and uh, that's why you know certain people are going into gold, silver, and Bitcoin. That's, that's part of the reason why because it's an actual asset class rather than just something frivolous like. Uh, Stocks. I guess stocks are somewhat real. No, they, yeah, this is considered protective. Well, but that's exactly the point. I mean, and the thing with stocks is it's mainly big tech stocks going up. Yeah. There's plenty of stocks that are not oh, doing they, so exactly. well. And, yeah. you know, I haven't gone on my Newsome rant. I've been saving it. It's been brewing, Basil. You know, Newsome oh, rant. yeah. You're, no, do you, are you going to do that today? Or no, you save that? I won't. I won't go into it fully, but. Uh, there is a petition to get him out of, out of office, which mm-hmm. I think is it's it's got over a million signatures. At yeah, this it's point. over half the way there. It's, I heard. Oh yeah, it's pretty close. Um, but also, just some of the stuff they're planning to do with real estate is out of control, out of control. The, uh. and, and it's and it's not good because not that it was any good before that banks can come in and and buy up foreclosed homes and stuff like that. But now they're they've basically put in place a law that says individuals or the government has first dibs on any foreclosed homes. Yeah, I heard that. That is insane. Insane. That is and that's that just is China. California. That's a newsome thing. That's a newsome thing. So Yeah. Uh, With man. China but you know, already owning much of the land in California that that'll be just great. Yeah. Is it to protect against China? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. That's a good joke. That's a that's a good good um, one. All right. Well, that one, down. one one other angle on the uh, economy thing, and I, the, I've heard this in defense of the. Uh, just to take a step back, uh, mm-hmm. talking about the recession, I've heard this in defense of the situation. We were we were set for a recession, and usually they just sort of happen. Um, but I've heard that they may have you know. M- used this event the coronavirus uh in order to uh a 
I don't know if cover up is the right word that we used earlier, um, but what it did was create almost a new economy where they transferred the where the regular economy, you know, there's lots of restaurants and events mm-hmm. and uh, entertainment and things like that. Um, whereas instead of everything being deflated because of just the normal cycles, uh, with a big event like this, they were able to, again, have an excuse to shut down large portions of the economy, uh, while inflating other portions of the economy, like big tech, zoom, uh, Amazon Mm -hmm. delivery services, streaming services, things like that. You mean they planned a great reset? Is that what you're saying? (laughs) <laughs> oh you got me you got me <laughs> yeah exactly um okay moving on um where is it here oh gosh oh gosh where are we here we are okay this is coming from new york times and it says here microsoft oracle and salesforce join a push for digital vaccination credentials just a little update here on your vaccine id airlines workplaces and sports stadiums may soon require people to show their coronavirus vaccination status on their smartphones before they can enter a coalition of leading technology companies health organizations and nonprofit groups, including Microsoft, Oracle, Salesforce, Cerner, Epic Systems, the Mitre Corporation, and the Mayo Clinic announced on Thursday morning that they were developing technology standards to enable consumers to obtain and share their immunization records through health passport apps. For some period of time, most of us are going to have to demonstrate either negative COVID-19 testing or an up-to-date vaccination status to go about the normal routines of our lives. And that's the key right there that they don't necessarily mention. Because you'll see up top, you know, they're talking about sports stadiums and airlines. They do mention workplaces. But you need this. uh, You're going to need this uh, demonstration, as they call it. You need to demonstrate uh, just to go about your normal routines. This is not special things like concerts and yada yada. This is just to get back to normal. The new normal, as they like to say. Um, project uh, blah, 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 blah. Well, that will happen. Dr. Perkins added quote, whether it's getting on an airplane and going to a different country, whether it's going to work to school, to the grocery store, to live concerts or sporting events, vaccine passport apps could fill a significant need for airlines, employers, and other businesses. Notice how they keep hammering the airlines thing in the United States. Yeah. The federal government has developed paper cards that remind people who receive coronavirus, coronavirus, virus vaccinations of their vaccine manufacturer batch number and date of inoculation but there is no federal system that consumers can use to get easy access to their immunization records online and establish their vaccination status for a work or travel a few airlines back to the airlines including united airlines JetBlue, are already trying out common pass a health passport app from the commons project the app enables passengers to retrieve their coronavirus test results from their blah 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 who was it who was involved in the commons project again we did a whole segment on the commons project so yeah. let me look at this i don't remember but yeah. uh yeah microsoft oracle not surprising here that they're leading the charge here with all this stuff and you know 
this was expected. This was, it's funny because at the beginning of the whole scandemic last year, people were like, oh, they're just going to make it so you can't travel and, you know, you're going to have to have a vaccine passport and blah, blah, blah. And people were like, that's crazy. You QAnon mm-hmm. pushing yeah, crazy that's rat the wing. Thing. And now it's just headlines on New York yeah. Times. <laughs> just another thing that the conspiracy theorists were right about. Yeah. Yeah. Called right. it. Scanning the uh, Commons project, trying to figure out wh- who I was thought that was like a UK. Wasn't it a UK thing or was it American? No, there was somebody involved that it was like, oh yeah, oh, of course. The uh, was it uh, the the people that do the scans at the airport? Oh, that was Clear. No, clear? I think they're a competitor to Clear. Okay, well, there's a few of them out there. Yeah. Anyway, it's they, okay. I'll scan here. You can take the next uh, story. Okay, let's see. This next one, uh, I alluded to it earlier. This is from Axios.com. Why COVID demands genetic surveillance. Genetic surveillance. Seemingly more. Sorry, 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 sorry. Let's pause for a second. Yeah, so included in this is uh, uh, Matt Anestis, a BlackRock guy. We've got Kamal Umakrain, a United Nations guy. Uh, We've got, uh, oh my gosh, so many of them. We've got the U.S. Chief Technology Officer. Um, for care, oh, the, the, the Virginia Secretary of Technology. Uh, yeah, I forget. It's just all of them. It's like a power team. It's it's the all star <laughs> team of, of the globalization agenda. It's the New World Order, New World Order team. Yeah, it's like the B team. It's like the New World Order B team. Yeah, you know, we're on the the first stringers. You got the Bill Gates. You got the uh, you know, Klaus Schwab's. This is kind of like the second stringers all okay. got together. Oh my gosh, there's like a hundred of them. Yeah, well, wow, it's yeah. further down okay. the pyramid, so there's a wider, wider range. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's a bigger group because they're further down the pyramid, yeah. or there's just so many of them. It's like they're trying to hide. I feel like they're trying to hide someone in here. Like, I'm gonna come across one of them and it's gonna be crazy. Okay, I'll keep going. I'm sorry to interrupt, I thought I had it. Okay. Uh, well, I was going to play a jingle anyway. Did you ever have the feeling that you were being watched? Axios.com headline. What was it here? Uh, COVID. Uh, why COVID demands genetic surveillance. A seemingly more transmissible coronavirus variant is threatening the world and exposing the U.S.'s lackluster genetic surveillance. Ooh. Why it matters. A beefed up program to sequence the genomes of infectious diseases, uh, disease pathogens, infections. Uh, could help the U.S. identify dangerous new coronavirus variants and get the jump on pathogens that could ignite the pandemics of the future. Uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, you get the point. They they want genetic surveillance. Uh, genetic surveillance of coronavirus variants in the U.S. lags well behind dozens of other countries. Yada, yada, yada. It's just how horrible the U.S. is. Uh, be smart. The bottleneck here isn't scientific. Genetic sequence has gotten faster and cheaper. Um, oh, it has, hey? This is a... Better, bigger, tastier. And every state in the U.S. has the technical capacity to decode viral genomes. Rather, the U.S. lacks the kind of unified national genetic surveillance program adopted by the U.K., which in the spring invested uh, 20 million francs, it's about $27 million, or sorry, pounds, 
to launch a scientific consortium that standardized the sequencing and reporting of coronavirus variants. That's another thing. You know, we talk about globalism and the new world order, and this has been the perfect tool to really bring it about because standardization of having like a worldwide standard to count right. deaths or whatever it is, it just came to the forefront, you know, and the scientific dictatorship. And the, 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 it's just like the perfect excuse to standardize everything. Um, but yeah, while the CDC in May brought together dozens of labs in an effort to accelerate sequencing, uh, current efforts are typically passive, reactive, uncoordinated, and underfunded. I mean, maybe because it's not that big of an issue, and maybe because we don't want genetic surveillance of all of the population. Yeah, what does that mean, do you think? What does that look like? Well, like, they want, how do you even genetically surveil? They want to uh, they want to have uh, you know like a, a fuller picture of the virus itself which tells me that they don't right? <laughs> well which we know they which don't which we know they don't and then secondly to obviously have a genetic uh you know uh, surveillance upon all human beings so that we must uh, we so we won't get the the coronavirus it's, it's yeah, killing but I mean, so like, many of us is this given a a cheek swab every time you go to work. Is oh this... no, it's it's opening your mouth at a hole in a wall, and having <laughs> okay. a robot arm come through and swab you as you say. Ah. Be careful. There's going to be somebody taking that clip, and it's not going to turn out good. I have um, I have video footage. <laughs> yes, the COVID it's, robot. It's the flippy. It's the COVID flippy that you. Robot. It's the flippy that you rejected today. Yes, because uh, we've done the COVID test robot twice now. I know, you but don't need not to do another one. Not not the ones that do it through a wall. <laughs> okay, you're right. Okay. You're right. We have not done the COVID testing flippy that does it through a wall. Okay, a hole so, in a wall. Uh, here's another story from Newsweek. Do you want to take this one real quick? I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's something that we uh, suspected. Uh, Newsweek. Where yeah. are we? COVID lockdowns may have no clear benefit versus other voluntary measures international studies shows. Oh, so why are go. we locking down? What was the yeah. point of locking down? Well, yeah, you know, we've read this story uh, recently, so I think we can just skip this one. We read it? Uh, yeah. The, when the studies started coming out that the lockdowns don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there There's you a go. Bigger, bigger study. Okay, I'll, I'll zoom through. A study evaluating COVID-19 responses around the world found that mandatory lockdown orders early in the pandemic may not provide significantly more benefits to slowing the spread of the disease than other voluntary measures, such as social distancing or travel reduction. The peer-reviewed study was published in the European Journal of Clinical Investigation on January 5th and analyzed coronavirus case growth in 10 countries in early 2020. The study compared cases in England, France, Germany, Iran, Italy, Netherlands, Spain, and the U.S. Interesting how Iran is just kind of thrown in there. All countries, it's all Europe and U.S. and then Iran. All countries that implemented mandatory lockdown orders and business closures to South Korea and Sweden, which instituted less severe voluntary responses. It aimed to analyze the effect that less restrictive or more restrictive measures had on 
changing had on changing individual behavior and curbing the transmission of the virus. The researchers used a mathematical model to compare countries that did and did not enact more restrictive lockdown orders then determined there was quote no clear significant beneficial effect of more restrictive measures on case growth in any country. Quote, we do not question the role of all public health interventions or of coordinated communications about the pandemic. Sorry, epidemic, they call it here. But we fail to find an additional benefit of stay at home orders and business closures, the research said. However, the researchers also acknowledged that the study had limitations and noted that cross-country comparisons are difficult since nations may have different rules, cultures, and relationships between their government and citizenry. The study was conducted by researchers affiliated with Stanford University and was co-authored by J. Bhattacharya. Okay, one more time. Bhattacharya. A right. uh, professor of medicine and economics who has been a vocal opponent of coronavirus lockdowns since yeah. March. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's just it, it's bothersome that they're publishing this stuff now. And ironically, the whole article ends with Biden, you know, saying the, the quote of Biden, I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. <laughs> and just making it seem like, oh, Shut Biden. down, Joe. But the timing, the timing of it all, you know, like Biden's about to take office. So now we can publish yeah. these stories. All and- those lockdowns that Trump did were yeah. bad. Yeah. And now Biden won't lock down. That's good. Even though everybody was saying Trump's not listening to the science. Yeah. The lockdown, the, the science. science. History won't show. Just listen to the authorities. Now is the time to do what you're told. <laughs> and maybe what doing what we're told is walking around in uh, ridiculous looking helmets. Ooh. Uh, San Francisco gate.com Magari. I tested the uh, darndest PPE of all time. The rich guy COVID helmet. And there's a picture of a guy in what looks like a literally like a spaceman helmet. I was looking at this the other day and I was wanting to buy one, but they are so expensive. How much are they? They're like $300. Oh, yikes. Yeah. I thought it would be funny. Like, it seems like a funny joke to go out and wear this. I wanted to do it sort of uh, sarcastically, but that's an expensive joke. If anybody wants to fund an expensive joke of mine, send me an email. I think it's better to walk around with the Mandalorian mask as an excuse. That would be better. But this is such a wonderful uh, satire on uh, just the paranoia, COVID (laughs) paranoia. It's literally a space helmet with filters and fans and and HEPA filters and a big glass dome. You feel like uh, uh, Buzz Lightyear. Flat flat Earth was true for these folks. There's a firmament around your head. Yeah, for those uh, who are just listening to the podcast, I don't know how else to explain it. It's a, it's it's a Buzz Lightyear helmet, three hundred dollars Buzz Lightyear helmet. It's great. Yeah, well, it's stylish. Couple more disturbing stories here. Welcome to Chinese Show. Speaking of the beast system, beast, 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 beast system. Did you ever have the feeling that you were being watched? This is the nextweb.com. Surveillance group expose, uh, exposes disturbing Huawei patent for AI-powered Uyghur detection. Or Uyghur. U- Uyghur? Uyghur? Uyghur. 
Yeah, we always debate about that. I think we decided on Uyghur. Okay, Uyghur detection. Um, And in a couple paragraphs, a Huawei patent that mentions AI-powered identification of Uyghur people and other ethnic groups has been discovered. The patent was exposed by video surveillance research group IPVM, the same organization that had previously spotted reference to an AI Uyghur alarm on Huawei's website, as well as evidence that Alibaba had offered Uyghur detection as a service. Oh my gosh. Uyghur detection as a service. For those who need an update. Yeah. For those who need an update, Uyghurs are the uh, Muslim minority in China who are persecuted, put into literal concentration camps. They shave their hair and sell it as wigs. They they're basically a slave class in China. Uh, Horrible things happening to those people. Um, Yeah. And Alibaba offering a Uyghur detection as a service would be like Amazon offering uh republican detection as a service or something yeah, like that i mean that's pretty much <laughs> not the, equ- not equal but you not, get the point not equal in the consequences as of yet but i mean they're practically doing something pretty i mean very very similar i wouldn't say whatever you can put any any people group in there and it's horrible yeah yeah so anyway the ai being used by china is certainly not the most wholesome and then, uh, and then one more story here that relates to China and NASA, two of our favorite groups of things. The yes. Epoch Times. From the Epoch Times here, the headline reads, NASA researcher pleads guilty to concealing China ties. Oh, oh. no. And I'm behind a paywall. So that's all you get to know. Oh, I'll read it. Uh, A senior NASA scientist pleaded guilty on January 13th to lying about his ties to a Chinese-backed program designed to harvest talent from the West and transfer intellectual property to China, the Justice Department announced. Maya Maya Pan, 66, joined NASA in 1996 and has been the chief scientist for exploration technology at NASA's Ames Research Center in California's Silicon Valley since 2006. He was charged with one count of making false statements and could face a maximum five years prison sentence and up to $250,000 fine if convicted, according to a Justice Department press release. The court hearing is scheduled for June 16th. Prosecutors said that Mayapan had participated in China's state-run Thousand Talents Plan and held positions at universities in China, South Korea, and Japan without NASA's knowledge. The Thousand Talents program had recruited thousands of experts globally since its inception in 2008, according to Chinese state media reports and yada, yada, yada. But, uh, you know, my take on this, this is, uh, I think this is propaganda. Yeah. Hot take propaganda to, uh, bring NASA back into the good light of the American skeptics, uh, you know, because we have a greater threat. What's the greater threat? Just NASA lying about the moon landing or the Chinese communist party taking <laughs> over all of our, all of our smartest people, a brain drain to China, which, uh, so you which, think they're hiding their own, uh, sins by pointing fingers at China. I think this has been the plan. And because obviously the China thing is horrible. I, we, we don't, that's not to say we agree with China on anything, especially the CCP more specifically. Uh, uh-huh. but, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. This is like good PR for NASA, you know, like, oh, they're doing something American, you know, they're yeah. American, good American company. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, for an organization that was originally staffed by Nazis. Well, that's what I'm, that was my other point is that <laughs> this is a, uh, 
this is almost like the chickens coming home to roost for the Project Paperclip, where right. the United States took all of the smartest Nazi scientists and brought them over to start NASA. So this yeah. is kind of like a, <laughs> the uh, same kind of tactic now being played upon the Americans. Well, there you go, folks. No surprises here. Nope. And mm-hmm. uh, and all together, they're hiding the firmament from the public, right? Isn't uh, that what yes, the uh, narrative is? That's that's one of the theories. Yes. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Well, did we do it? I think we did it. Yep. We did it. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. We will be back on Monday, which is the 18th of January. That's right. January 18th, uh, sometime between noon and 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure to turn on notifications. If you haven't done it yet, hit the like button over there on YouTube. Like, subscribe, bell button. All. Like, subscribe, bell button. All. Like, subscribe, bell button. All. All right, there you go. Um, And like I mentioned before, go ahead and uh, make sure to leave ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts for Canary Cry News Talk. I'll be reading more reviews next Friday, so make them good, folks. Um, And remember, we'll be back on Monday the 18th, and we will need uh, some producers. So if you've been uh, considering becoming a producer of Canary Cry News Talk, now is a great time. So uh, you can do that that by heading over to patreon.com slash ccnt or canarycryradio.com slash support canarycryradio.com slash support that's right we invite you to join us in uh, disconnecting our media from corporate money and that's what we like to do here uh, it's time for all of us to take responsibility and stop letting uh, mommy and daddy corporation uh, to decide the value and the content of the media that we all partake in on a regular basis so if that way. sounds like a mission that you can uh, get on board with Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. And also head over to canarycryradio.com slash support. Now, there's other ways you can support the show. Send in your art or your music or your jingles. We'll be having the Canary Cry mixtape at the end of the show here. Uh, for all you musicians, uh, we, we yes, we do play full songs. Uh, whatever you create, make it uh, related to Canary Cry Newstock or the subjects we cover, and uh, we'll get you on the show. We appreciate that very much. You can send that all to canarycryradio uh, at gmail.com. So thank you very much for that. Also, go ahead, uh, and this is becoming an option less and less nowadays, but take an episode and share it on your social media. Thank you very much for those who do that. It uh, helps new people find the show, and especially if they follow you or are your friends, uh, that will help um, all the algorithms to uh, advise them to take a listen to the show. Very helpful uh, for us, but also very helpful for them. You know, you never know. You may save a, a mind. I was going to say a life, but you may save a mind, um, especially in these uh, confusing times. So there you go. And remember, y'all got friends and you got family who are starting to wake up to the fact that the world is not what it seems. And uh, you should consider sharing the show with them as well. You know, we take suggestions the best from our friends and our family who have our best interests in mind. So take an episode, share it with them. Uh, You can show them that we have... uh, 
uh, what do we have? Timestamps on the YouTube video. So they don't have to listen to the whole thing. They can listen to topic by topic as well. Either way, if you need any more instructions, here's what you do. You walk right up to them, you grab them by the cage, and then you shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Hey, stop that. Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right. Just ask Noah. All right, folks. Thanks so much. Gonzi, got any last words? The Billy Gates of hell will not prevail. Matthew 16. (laughs) Matthew 16, 18, except not the Billy part. Look it up. Look it up. And remember, folks, head over to the Canary Cry merch perch. We've also got canarycry.community, which is our uh, social media forum for those who are looking for alternatives to all the big tech uh, data collection services. And uh, remember, there's the Canary Cry meetup tomorrow on Zoom. Email producer Ciara for that. Um, and get connected. There's also info on that uh, on the art that will be at canarycrynewstalk.com or you can find it on canarycry.community. Okay, there we go. Well, like I said, we'll be back on Monday, January 18th, sometime between noon and 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Make sure to be there. But until then, think outside the cage. I want to rattle a few cages. I want to rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, 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 I I'm it. the last angry man. You'll never silence I'm me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. Little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati.
light up a huge blunt. A joint. Give everybody magic mushrooms. Smoke. The CIA, you know, I mean, lots of intelligence agencies have tested secretly dosing communities. Psychoactive pills should be covertly administered. Shot in the butt. Fluoride, oxytocin. Get a chemical hug. Uh, I did dabble, you know, some of that uh, robot crack. I know what it's like. It's a lethal, lethal recipe for disaster. You need help. If you're a pharmacist, you need to repent. All right, weird. Polly. Polly. It's Latin for many. Tick. 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 Now suck your blood. Polly tick. Polly tick. Polly tick. Many. Now suck Politic, politician, politic, politician, politicians for politics. Don't let them dream all of it.
Another fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> Another fun fact. Brings me back to my screamo days. Started on bidets, man. Bidets, man. Bidets, man. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you were living the life, man. Bidets, man. It's a bidet. Don't get me started. I'm trying. 